well, the first miracle is, I forgot my glasses. But Sharon has the right kind of reading glasses. So I've, I've been blessed with Sharon's glasses. Do they suit me? I can't see you with them on. I can see this, but I can't see you. Are they nice? Or should I have gone to Specsavers? Uh, okay. Pastor Andrew, of course, would <clears throat> love to be here. We've been preparing for um, this day for quite a while, praying. And actually, the word came very easily. God spoke to us very easily. It was just one of those times of real grace. And we actually had two, when we were in prayer, we had two visions exactly the same. Now, you've got to hand it to the Lord that that's pretty clever. And uh, out of, usually when God speaks, and he really wants to emphasize something, he speaks twice. He establishes things, and you'll see that from the word in a minute, but it's, you just, he just keeps on saying until you really get it. And so we just knew that the grace of God was on us to just hear what the Spirit is saying for this next season. And I, I really want to emphasize, I don't believe it's just for the year. I believe it's, uh, we're coming into a new season as the church, the wider church, but also to believe for that as individuals. Because everything that God does in the individual, he also has in mind his church. Very important, the local church. That we're part of the body of Christ. We're members of one another. That we live out our lives walking together with Jesus. But it's also God has a bigger plan for the church. Local and the church. National and international. And I have two questions that, that you might be... I do feel funny looking like this, but we'll get on looking at you over these glasses. I have two questions for you that I've really been kind of meditating on how to begin this morning. And they're, the, they're these two things. What on earth has God been doing with his people? It's a good question, isn't it? What on earth has God been doing with his people, his church, and what is he about to do? So what has he been doing? Very often in our lives, you can see God has been working. And what he has done is really important because it's all part of the journey of following Jesus so that we know and can hear him for what he is going to do. We understand what's been happening. It really helps us to move forward into the future. And the way we understand our lives is through the word of God, the Bible, the scriptures. Because every word is God-given. Scripture is God-breathed. And the Bible actually says every word has been written for our encouragement, that we can learn for our own lives about how uh, God is at work, what he's been doing, and what he is going to do. And we can also gain perspective. And many of you will know that I'm going through quite a trial at the moment, that I was recently diagnosed with breast cancer, and that... Uh, on the 9th of January, I'm going in for an operation. And in all these things, it's really important we gain perspective. I don't know what you've been going through, but you will have been going through some stuff. It's really important we gain perspective the way that God sees so that we can actually see what he is going to do. And we're going to, to look at the life of a person called Joseph. And he's from the book of Genesis. You'll find that there are lots of chapters about this one life. And I think there's, much, there's, there's a lot of reason for this. There's a lot in the story of the life of Joseph. And I'm going to kind of emphasize different bits of his life story. But remember, his story has been written to benefit you so you can learn from the word of God, how to live and what God does and how he works. 
And this is so important that you don't read it about Joseph's life as someone who's unrelated to you. But you read it, all of scripture, that is God-breathed and useful for training, for correction, for understanding, for faith. So that you become wise in the day that we live in. And in Genesis, the story begins with this young boy, well, he's a teenager, he's, th- he's 17 years old. And in Genesis 37, Jacob, or as God renamed him, Israel, had lots of sons. And his youngest son was called Joseph. And it says in verse 3, Israel, now this is the name of Jacob, but then it became became the name of God's people, uh, the Jews. Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age. Also, he made him a tunic of many colors. That's often what Joseph is famous for, isn't he? If anybody's been to the theater, you will have maybe seen Joseph and his amazing technicolor dream coat. don't think it was technicolor, but I think it was beautiful. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and couldn't speak peaceably to him. So Joseph was daddy's boy. He was the one that dad really preferred and gave a special treatment to. And what that did in the brothers was that it fueled jealousy. And all I can say in a short sentence is, it is very unwise to prefer one child over another. That's it. That's what you can learn. That's, you can learn from that. That just you could go away and have a happy family just with that. But we're just that's not the word of the word of the word that I'm going to speak. But it is the word. And um, the brothers got so mad with what was happening that they hated Joseph. Now Joseph is often portrayed as a spoiled brat, isn't he? But actually, he hadn't done anything to justify this hate. And I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where you've been attacked and there's no justification for it. You haven't done anything to deserve what happened to you, but somebody really disliked you, whether it's at work or in the family or whatever. They hated Joseph. And then it says that Joseph had a dream. In fact, he had two dreams. They were different dreams, but they spoke the same thing. And God gave him a dream when he was 17. And he decided unwisely to tell his brothers who hated him. Now, I would uh, say the biggest problem that Joseph had at that time was he was unwise. Because there is a place to share your dream, a place to share the great promise that God has spoken over your life. There's a person or a people that can actually take hold of what you're saying and believe that God is able to do something miraculous with your life. But you can tell the wrong people and end up casting pearls before swine. Have we all done that? Shared something really important, God-given important, a great promise from the word of God, a dream that God gave you, a desire that God put in your heart for things that you can't even believe he's going to do through your life because God has a destiny for each one of us. God has a dream, a plan. He's designed you especially for, and he usually speaks it when you are a young Christian, at the beginning. 
And he speaks about something, your part to play in his great big plan for the whole world. Because each of us has a specific, unique role, a destiny in God. And that destiny, God speaks so that he puts it and plants it in our heart. Whether it is something that you believe God wants to use you with children, he wants to do something amazing uh, to, to bless people through your career, through your life. Whatever it is, God puts a dream. He puts his plan into his people. And so all of us need to live with a sense of destiny. A sense of, I have been predestined to do stuff for God. Ephesians 2, 10, look at this scripture, I love this. Those who've been redeemed, those who believe in Jesus, now are his workmanship, his work of art in Christ. You're a new creation. All things have passed away in Christ. Everything's become new. You are his work of art, his workmanship created in Christ. Nothing happens outside him. Outside him, you're lost. In him, you're saved. Outside him, you're, made right, you're unrighteous. In him, you're made right with God. You're created in Christ for good works that God prepared beforehand to walk in. And so you could say with Joseph, his dream was concerning those works that God had predestined for him that he should actually see happen in his life. And God speaks his destiny over a child. You remember John the Baptist? A word came through his dad. He spoke destiny. He's got a destiny for your children. He's got a destiny for your marriage. He's got a destiny for your singleness. He's got a destiny for all your family. And he's got a destiny for your particular role in seeing his work accomplished. So this wasn't Joe's dream. It was God's dream. And it's really important to distinguish between the two. Because we can have our dreams and they usually involve what? Usually very selfish. But God's dream always involves helping other people. It will always be connected to saving lives. Because that's what Joseph's dream was. But this dreamer hated but loved then his brothers decided, first of all, they wanted to kill him. You know the story. And then they decided to throw him in a pit, and they saw that they could make money out of him. So they sold him. And he became a slave. This beloved son became a slave. Makes me think of the beloved son. He left heaven, Jesus. And he came to be the servant of all. He was punished, not because of what he did, but he was punished for our transgressions, for our sins. And how he suffered so that we could have life. And so Joseph, he was thrown into a pit, he was Hated, he was sold as a slave, and he ended up in this man's house called Potiphar. And in this house, Joseph, it says, if you read the story, he served to the best of his ability. He didn't sit in a corner sucking his thumb and saying, why me? He decided to make the best of where he was. And what we can learn from Joseph, which has been really important to discover what God has been doing in our lives, is that he has been working in us to be more like Jesus in conditions that have never been his design for us. 
But things have happened to Joseph as they've happened to you so that you are in that place, but God has been working. His favor has been upon you. And as you work from Potiphar's house as a slave, you know what happens as he serves? God raises him up and puts him in charge. Potiphar put him in charge of the whole household. It's amazing. It's just amazing. But it's important to see that when bad things happen, his response determined the outcome of where he was. How he responded to the bad things determined the outcome of what happened to him in that place. Now, many Christians lose hope. They lose faith. They stop believing that God has a plan for their lives and a purpose. And they start to live without any conviction that God has a destiny for their lives. But not Joseph. He hung on to that word, that dream, that promise that God was going to do it. And he believed. He could have lost heart unless he had believed that he would see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Amen. And so no matter what happened to Joseph, he seemed to come up again. And then he was pushed down again. You know the story, Potiphar's wife, she tried to seduce Joseph. She saw that he was handsome and liked what she saw. And this is what the world does, just... If you like what you see, you take it. But not a called, set-apart man or woman of God. Joseph's character is remarkable if you read the story. He's one of those guys I read about and think, very little character flaw going on here. And what does he do? He runs away from sin. He leaves the place where he could have been trapped into an unrighteous relationship. And he actually says, God forbid that I sin against God. And of course the master, but I sin, I won't sin. And you know, he is persecuted for righteousness sake. How does that work? You see, in our, a lot of our minds, we think, I'm doing the right thing here, Lord, and it's all gone wrong again. I'm being falsely accused, attacked, lied about. People have hated me, despised me. My brothers threw me out, sold me out. I've suffered, and, and this happened for 13 years. He was thrown into prison. Unrighteous judgment of a righteous person. And it made me think this week, you know, I was um, another appointment at the hospital. And uh, the traffic getting into town was so, like it was crazy. I think the motorway was closed because of a, a very sad incident. Anyway, my appointment was at 10. It's pouring with rain and we drive into Musgrove sand drives so that I can get out quick and she dropped me in the road outside the multi-story car park and I belted it I ran because I hate being late I think it dishonors everybody and everything including the Lord especially in worship I actually think it's a dishonor uh, it's how I see it's how I believe that when we come together and we make appointments, you know, that we're here. And I'm like, I hate it. It's to the core of me. So I'm, I'm sprinting and I don't sprint well. <laughs> I'm not like some of you guys that can run. So, so I'm running with my handbag, you know, I've always got a handbag full of stuff. 
trying to get to this appointment. I was one minute late, so I was like, ha, ha. I was like this. <laughs> anyway, fitness is part of the year. And uh, um, as I got out, I must have dropped to the, to the ground, to the road, my favorite glove. It was a gift, and it's very expensive. It was an expensive glove. There were two of them, by the way. And I dropped one. And I got back to the car after this lengthy appointment. I'm not complaining. In everything, give thanks. Not for everything, but in it, give thanks. So I, I, I get back to the car, find one glove. Where's my other glove? I've lost my glove. Oh, no, I said, it's my favorite glove. It sounds funny to you, probably. But I'm like, I love this glove. It fits me perfectly, and it's so warm. So anyway, I get back. Sandra, uh, you know, I've been through something for three hours. Okay, so I've been, I've been through quite a bit in, in... We'll leave that behind us. And um, I come into... I get back to the car, and Sandra says, I'm sure we'll find it. No, we went, it's not here. Looking around where we parked. Of course, it wasn't where we parked because I got out in the rain and on the road to run. And she said, let's drive just round and and get out and have a look in the pouring rain. Well, I saw it. I saw my glove. But it looked like a surgical glove. It was that flat. (laughs) It was on the floor, was hammered. Every car that went into the car park had driven over my glove. Oh, no. You feel, I feel the warmth. I feel, the, I feel it. And it was just literally filthy, wet, flat as a piece of paper. And I thought, well, I looked a fool. I got out in the rain and went to the road, stopping the traffic. <laughs> pick up this glove and I like will it ever recover what's the point this thing is flat it's ruined anyway Sandra says try washing it to get home my beloved glove I'm in the sink I'm washing my beloved glove I'm like well that might work because it's leather it's a leather glove. So, like, you don't usually wash leather, do you? But it was wet anyway. Got all the filth and the mud came off it. And I put it out to dry in between some towels in the hope that my beloved glove would come back to life. And I just want to show you my beloved glove. And I thought Joseph's life, and mine too, And if you're a follower of Jesus, because all who live godly will suffer persecution, the scripture says. All who live godly will suffer persecution, will be flattened, will be hated, will be, I'm not treading on it, I love it, will be trodden down, run over, rained on, made filthy, people's mess handed, thrown on you. But I want to tell you, God is a God who picks up his people, washes us down, and can bring us back to being used to our purpose and our plan. And Joseph is like my glove. Everything bad that happened to him, he worked with God. He always served wherever he was. He wasn't one of these Christians that does nothing but show. And do the least you can do as a Christian. He was all out for God. He had a relationship with God in a pit, in in slavery, in prison with the chains clanking around his feet. But everybody recognized this man is so different. He shone. His character was like a bright shining light in a dark place. How many of you can relate to that? That the enemy has run you over. That you've been mistreated, lied about, falsely accused. But you've let God work again 
in your life. And he has restored you back to a place where you can serve. And the reason why Joseph's life is so like Jesus is that Jesus actually said, the greatest among you are not those who lord it over you. Even though he was called to be the ruler in Egypt, a great leader, but Jesus says the greatest among you are the, those who serve others. And that is what God has been doing. He has been working. Now, very important. God never sent or uh, wanted or was the source of his family's hatred. His brothers are to blame. His brothers, more, more, more and better word, is, are responsible for their own sin. God never, ever wants anyone to sin. He hates sin. So the evil the brothers did wasn't God's will. But you know what? God turned it around for good. People say to me, how can you believe in a God that is always good? I look at them and think, how can you not? I would never serve a God who hated me that he would have me run over in traffic. That's not a good father. And that's not a God of love. And that's not a God who says, when you pray, pray as it is in heaven. Heaven is perfection, guys. That's the will of God. Are we converted here? Do we have any converts according to truth? As it is in heaven, let it be done. But my God is able to take everyone who's been run over. Time and time and time and time again. Who've been falsely accused for doing the right thing. Joseph didn't sin. And yet he was still thrown in prison. And even in prison, you know, this man, he shone a bright light. He was using his spiritual gifts. He was... Spiritual man. He was a praying man. You don't, gifts of the Spirit don't just happen. You've got to eagerly desire them. As a man of prayer, he was part of the answer to the people around him. And by the way, he led prisoners. That's a tough role to be in charge of prisoners, not just in. Potiphar's house, but he was in charge of prison. They're not easy to lead, guys. Hard people. But God put him in a place where God would use his gifts to interpret dreams for the people around them to benefit the lives of everyone. What a guy. Do you not think? And can you see how his choices determine the outcome? Psalm 105, verse 17 to 19 says this. God sent a man before them. That's the people, his, his family actually, but he was setting everything up in the world as well. God sent a man before them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. They hurt his feet with fetters as he was laid in irons until the time that his word came to pass. The word of the Lord tested him. Till the time that his word, that his word is the prophetic dream word, the thing that God has spoken over his destiny. There is a time where things happen. There is a time where things start to happen. There is also a time when things happen to you that you don't want to happen. But it's how you respond in it. And there's a testing in Joseph's life, and the main thing is, is that he still believes God and still serves God. If you have come through 
what you've come through and are still believing that God has a plan and a destiny for you, for your family, for the church, then I just want to tell you the time's coming where his dream will be fulfilled. The time is coming when his dream will be fulfilled. There are some who wash out, throw out, run away because they say, everything since I had a promise, my destiny has gone wrong. Everything looks like the opposite to what God said. My kids aren't doing this. My marriage isn't that. Uh, My health is this. My circumstances, the life that I'm living right now, I feel like I'm in a prison. But if you're still in faith and you're still following him with all your heart and you're still serving others with the gifts that God has given you, God's saying there's a time coming where what God has spoken his destiny, his dream to use you in ways that are beyond where you're at now. More than what you're in now. It's about to happen. And I can see through the life of Joseph what God has been doing has been maturing him. Maturing him. God didn't send the evil. God didn't never ever will bring bad things. The source is demons that resist the purpose of God and fallen world. But in it all, God is working a maturity in Joseph. And in it all, God has been maturing us. Hallelujah. You see, when you're born again, you immediately become a son of God through faith in Jesus Christ. Scripture says in Galatians, you're all sons of God through faith in Jesus Christ. But Romans 8, 16 and then into 19 speaks about sons that are mature sons. It says, sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. In other words, sons of God, their whole life is being moved by God. The initiatives are from the Spirit of God. And they're the mature ones. They were 100% sons the day they were born again. But now they've become mature. Humble servants. Always living for the benefit of others. And allowing God to use them and bring wisdom to the people around them. It's a bit like cheese. When somebody makes cheese, all the ingredients are in that cheese. Right from the start, you could call it cheese. But it doesn't taste like much There's no flavor to it. There's no maturity to it. But over time, the cheese changes. There's reactions going on. There's things happening within that cheese. And that cheese is changing to become a mature cheese. And I've eaten a lot of it this Christmas. Too much. I love cheese. And a mature cheese is ripe. It's ready to bring out. Joseph, almost like a mature cheese. He had ripened in adverse conditions. His responses to what people did to him and the circumstances of his life He kept thankful. He kept praying. He kept the presence of God in worship. He kept trusting God for the supernatural giftings of the Spirit. He kept going, guys, trusting God. He never, ever gave up. And I commend you if you haven't. 
Because I believe that's what God is saying today. He has been bringing those who have continued to follow and continue to trust him and serve. He's bringing us to a place where we're ripe. Like good cheese. Now, a cheesemaker has an expert taste. They know when something's ready. And God always knows when you're ready. How many of you know that Joseph might have thought he was ready at 17? I'm ready to rule, guys. I'm the man. I'm the boy. I'm the one everybody wants. But the maturity in this man, he became so like Jesus. He just lived for the benefit of others. Amazing. Generosity. He was a forgiving man. That's a test to pass. And some never pass it. They never get over what someone did to them. The only way to get over what happened to you is to forgive. You'll never get over it any other way. Counseling won't get you over. Forgiving them will. As Jesus hung on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them. He wasn't accusing them. He was offering forgiveness. And he says, as I've forgiven you, so you forgive others who've mistreated you, hated you, run you over like my glove. It's the only way to be free to move into the destiny that God has for your life is to forgive. You will never move forward into the plan that God has for 2023 with unforgiveness in your heart. And I know it's a big test for some of you. Many of you have been so badly treated and you've experienced things I haven't, but I have I've got a list if I wanted to remember. I try not to, what people did to me. There's always opposition when somebody's wanting what God wants for their life. And people will oppose you. But if you have the right attitude, you can win through. And God can bring you to a place where you're ripe. You're mature. He tastes you and he goes, God, they taste like Jesus. Yum, yum. You put a bit of pressure on them. Mm, Tastes good. Good. They still love. They still are there. They never went away. They still really lay down their lives for others in the body, in the church. And they're still shining in the world. Wow. Isn't he an amazing man? What's this all leading up to? Why did God do all he has done with Joseph and all he has done with me and all he's done with us, you included? It's because he's not just changing you, he's changing everything around you. What was happening at that time while Joseph spent two years without any human help to get out? And by the way, Joseph is a great man of faith, but he's also an example of, you can try and push as many doors to try and get out of there, Joseph, but only God's going to bring you out. (laughs) I've seen so many Christians shove up against every door, they spend their life hitting doors. Instead of saying, Lord, I trust you, you can open any prison door. You can get me out of this. But I'm going to trust you that in your time, you'll bring me into your plan. What a faith. He'd have got a very sore nose if he kept hitting up against those prison doors. So, what do we have? What has God been doing? Well, we've said it already in Genesis 50, 20. 
When Joseph saw a fulfillment of this dream, God brought him out of prison, and I'll talk about that in a minute. His attitude was, verse 20, when his brothers who hated him and who actually started all that went wrong in in the previous 13, actually 17 years, Joseph said, but as for you, to his brothers, you meant evil against me. In other words, that wasn't right. But I've got God's perspective on it. Anybody want God's perspective for 23? I've got God's perspective. What the bad things that have happened to me. But God meant it for good. You know, when anybody did him bad, God did him good. When anybody did him bad, God did him good. When anybody does you bad, God will do you good. If you just stick to following Jesus the way that pleases him. God meant it to good in order to bring it about this day to save many people's lives. The church is coming to a place where we're ripe. It's a season. It's a new day. And this maturing time of all the stuff that is happening, and maybe it's happening right now in your life, God is working it for good. God is turning around for good. And he's going to bring you into his destiny for your life. And you will be used by God to save many people's lives. Isn't that the main goal of the Lord? Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. The condition of the world is getting worse. But God is working his plan. He has been maturing his church to operate in the gifts of the Spirit, to not stop praying, to not stop fellowship, to continue in faith, to continue to serve, to come here on a Sunday and worship together because that's the will of God. That's God's will for us. And he's saying, right, my mature sons, I'm ready for them to be revealed. I'm about to take hold of them. They're in a hidden place. And I'm about to put them on a lampstand where everybody around will be under the influence of actually the grace on your life. God has his people everywhere. He's got you where he wants you. Because he's working in it for good and actually to bring people to himself, through faith in Jesus. The reason we haven't gone to glory yet is because you're here to save lives. Tell somebody next to you, I'm here to save lives. (laughs) God was setting everything up and it was an amazing setup. And we're going to finish here with... um, Genesis 41, and we just look at this and then we'll, I'll just share what I believe, a strap line that helps us to understand what God is doing. After all the maturing, after all that had been happening to Joseph, Pharaoh had had a dream and he couldn't get anybody to interpret it and The chief butler spoke to Pharaoh and said, actually, I remember today. I should have remembered before. But how many of you know his memory was hit by the Holy Spirit, not by Joseph's pushing? God was setting this up because it was the right time. And so he remembered, ah, now, um, there's a guy that was in prison and he, he interpreted our dreams and everything came true. So in other words, he's not just one of these guys who says he's gifted. It actually happens. Watch the ones who say they are and it doesn't happen. My lovelies, don't be deceived. 
Don't be deceived by all the false prophecies that are swimming around. There are many that are here to deceive even the elect in the last days. Don't go after every prophecy. The word is the perfect. Stick to the word and be accountable in the body. Share what you believe and be willing to be corrected. It'll save your life. It'll save your life. So, Pharaoh said, right, go get him. Can you see that God was organizing everything in Egypt with the leader? God was actually organizing everything in Israel. Because his hand is on Israel today. He's got a plan. And that is to bring them to the Messiah. They're his own chosen people. And they're important in the plan of God. And God is working a plan. Actually, to bring them to the light that shines through the church about the Messiah. Because the church are carriers of the light of the world. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill that can't be hidden. Arise, shine, your light has come. The glory of the Lord is risen upon you. And this shining example of a mature son of God, a beloved son of God, is suddenly brought out by the hand of God and set up into a place before Pharaoh. It took him, what, an hour to wash, shave, put clothes on that looked a little bit better than the dungeon clothes. But he was the man that was ready. It wasn't what he was wearing. He didn't suddenly become gifted. The man had lived the life of a believer all the way through, all the testing, all the endurance, all the hate, all the difficulty, and now he was ready. God said, I'm ready. I'm ready, Joseph. This is it. I've set Pharaoh up. I'm setting Israel up. I'm setting the world up for the church of Jesus Christ to be put into a place of influence for the gospel of Jesus Christ. 2023 is a divine setup. That is the word of the Lord for the year. God is setting us up. Isn't that amazing? And he's turning everything for good. He's turning everything for good. The bad that happened, he's going to turn it for good. And that vision of a divine setup seen so clearly in the life of Joseph is that he remained believing. A believing man. I'm believing your promise. I don't feel it. I can't see it. It's dark where I'm at, but I'm still serving you. I'm still loving you, Jesus. I'm still serving the people around me. But thank you, Lord, that you are going to bring me out. And you are going to set this up. The destiny you have for me. Nothing can stop a person that willingly commits to live out of God's hand. And in his hand. You can take yourself out. But nobody else can. No one can take you out of his hand. You can take yourself out. But if you are willing, he'll use everything to mature you and to ripen situations. And when Pastor Andrea had this same vision as me, she said, it's like a sunrise. It's a new day. It's a new season. And I declare, in the name of Jesus, a new season over your life. That in the name of Jesus, everything that the enemy has done against you, that people have mistreated you, God is turning it with your willingness, your, your willingness to apply yourself, to keep following. He's going to turn it for good. And he is going to bring you into your destiny, not Joseph's. 
There's nobody in this room who has Joseph's call. He was unique. Your call is unique. God has designed you for something unique that only you can do. But none of us are in that fulfillment yet. Otherwise, you'd all be doing the same works as Jesus and greater still. That's your destiny. Part of your destiny is to do the same works as... I'll talk to this lot. Part of your destiny... Do you have any believers? That's the plan of God. Just because you haven't seen it yet doesn't mean God isn't able to bring you into that. A new day, a new day of the wisdom, the power of God to bless and save many. You're important to the plan. Every single one of you has a destiny in God. God put his hand on your life for a purpose. Now, if you've stopped believing that, it's time today. Today's a good day to get back to saying, Lord, that dream you gave me, that vision of being able to help people, to serve people, to see your power work through me so that the world gets saved. Lord, I'm sorry I let go. I'm taking hold again today. But for most of us here, there's a maturity been happening. And like the cheese, we're ripe. The time is coming. It's a season of setups. And I believe it with all of my heart that that is what the Spirit is saying over the year. And when Joseph was put in place, he was blessed. It's much more blessed to be out of prison living in a palace. There was a lot more uh, niceness around. Uh, <laughs> so he was blessed. But that wasn't, that wasn't the main thing. God said, I'll bless you, but I'm going to make you a blessing to many. That is our destiny. Deep inside your heart, you want God to use you to help people and to save lives. And that is really the core of the heart of God for your life, that God wants to use you to benefit many. A divine setup. So let's stand. We're going to pray. And I know it's been a bit of an unpacking this morning of a life story, but I believe everybody in this room can relate to the glove. Can everybody relate to the glove? How many of you felt at certain times in your life you've been run over? Recently, I was run over again. Okay, but God's brought me back and he's filled me up and I'm back in the glove. I tell you, my glove's back. Praise the Lord. God is able. So no matter how down you get, God is able to lift you. But he's the ability. We don't lift ourselves. We're not self-promoted people. This isn't self-promotion. This is God promoting his people. And there's a season coming where God is going to promote you for the purpose of saving lives. We hope you've enjoyed this message from Kingdom Faith Southwest. For further information, log on to kingdomfaithsw.com.